0: our family is one that values traditions deeply something i know many here can relate to one of those traditions is celebrating a piece of our christmas time together watching the 1983 mgm classic a christmas story i think most of you know the plot line of the movie right set in the 1940s young ralphie sets out on a quest to get his most coveted treasure for Christmas, an official Red Rider carbon action, 200 shot range model air rifle with a compass in the stock and this thing that tells time. Throughout the film, Ralphie tries everything from writing a school essay to telling Santa. Each time he's thwarted by that same familiar phrase, you will shoot your eye out kid. If you've never seen the film before, I'll apologize for the spoiler alert coming, and you may want to plug your ears. Of course, Ralphie gets his cherished Red Ryder BB gun on Christmas morning. He charges outside, sets up his target, and promptly shoots his eye out. All that anticipation, and the result was exactly what everyone told him it would be. Let's be honest here. We've all had our own version of the Red Rider in our lives, haven't we? It may have been a doll or a game as a child. It may have been a car or a house as we've gotten older. But we've looked at what others have. And a piece of us says, we want that for ourselves too. This gets even more challenging. When we're not exactly at the top end of the wealth spectrum when it's easy to say we are not the one-percenters. When we might struggle to make sure we have enough to eat, or delay a medical procedure because we don't have the money for it, or remain stuck at home because our car needs repairs that we just can't pay for. The level of envy of those with more means can deepen even more. The type changes a bit. Those with wealth envy others who have more with a touch of greed added. Those in poverty envy others who have more with an anger at the lack of fairness that they see. Either way, envy is there. And with it comes all the things that James points out in today's reading. Disorder, murder, struggle, and fight. Tensions and stress build, and we wonder why life is so hard to get through. James does offer another way, although it's not exactly easy to make it our reality. Show that your actions are good with a humble lifestyle that comes from wisdom. I know, really? Humble? How much more humble can I be when I have nothing or close to nothing to live on? But it's the wisdom piece that tries to shift this thinking. What of the wisdom from above? First, it is pure. <clears throat> then peaceful, gentle, obedient, filled with mercy and good actions, fair and genuine. as author McGray, our De DeVega phrases it in a Preacher's Guide to Lectionary Sermon series, the better life is not found in amassing more material goods. Instead, it's found in works that are done with gentleness born of wisdom. We might ask ourselves how wisdom is linked to peacefulness, gentleness, mercy, and good actions. The answer comes from flipping our focus off of what we lack, and instead focusing intently on what we have. You see, God has given us each blessings. They come in many forms, but they are in fact there. So how do we keep what we have in focus so that we don't covet what others have instead? Well, that can break down into the word plug. Pray, list, understand, give. We start with the, the fact that when we pray for God to provide us with what we need, God knows what that is already. In fact, we may already have it, but just not see it. And if we don't, and the prayer is sincere and asking for what we do need, God will provide it. That's the gentleness in action. Gentle prayer, seeking what we need to deliver on what God is asking us to do in this time and place. After we've prayed, we need to take the time to list our blessings. It may go very slowly at first. You can do this any way you like. A simple pad and paper list, a bullet journal, a note on your phone. But take time to list out your blessings. Because you'll find over time you have more than you think you do. To get started, press yourself to list 10 blessings. When you get to 10, then press yourself for 10 more. Make it a challenge each time. Eventually you'll see that God has gifted you with talents, with people and with resources you've never even thought about as blessings before. Now that you have your list, it's time to discern exactly how God is asking you to apply those gifts in service to the kingdom. To understand what we're supposed to do with them. Maybe you have the gift of skilled hands to knit shawls for people. Maybe you listen well and are here to be present for shut-in people who crave interaction with others. Maybe you've got a car when someone else can't drive to get to a doctor's appointment. It doesn't have to be big. Just sorting out how what you do and what you have can be used in a way that demonstrates love for God and love for your neighbor. And then, give. Share those talents, those resources, your heart freely with others. The more you give of yourself, the more you will experience God providing for you. You see, God doesn't just dump a set of talents and resources on us and tell us to use them up. God gives us those. And as we use them, trusts us with more to do more the more we embrace our current blessings and put them to good use, the more we will be given to share. Come near to God and he will come near to you. The reality is God is already reaching out to us with more to share. We just need to move toward God to accept it. But God can't come near to us when we turn away and wallow in what we don't have. God can't embrace us when we're trying to embrace the things others in this world have. God can only be close to us when we turn toward God, praise God for the blessings we have so far, and to seek wisdom, to use them up totally and wisely. And for all of this to happen, we need to stop looking outward toward those we envy and start looking inward at who we are and what we have been given so far. More importantly, We have to look at how we focus our inner voice. A really interesting study from Psychology Today was shared recently that I found fascinating. According to the study, just under half the time, 46.9% to be exact, people are doing what's called mind wandering. They're not focused on the outside world at all or the task at hand that they're even doing in the moment. They're looking into their own thoughts. Unfortunately, the study of 2,250 people proposes most of this activity doesn't make us feel happy. Think about that. Nearly half the people studied were taking time to explore their thought process, and yet they weren't happy. Why? Because they were allowing their thoughts to focus on all the things they didn't have instead of what is right within their reach. In the end, this actually sums up all of the book of James fairly well. That we're to spend our time not looking outward, casting judgment, talking down, envying what others have. We're to spend our time examining how much we already have, how God is calling us to use what we have, all of it, and to put everything we have into what we give. When we do, we approach humility. So we may end up on the favored side James remind us about saying, God stands against the proud, but favors the humble. So let's spend our time ahead plugging away. Pray for what God wants to equip us with. List our blessings. Take time to understand how we're supposed to use what we've been blessed with and give them away freely. All of them. May God continue to extend the greatest blessings possible to each of you in the days ahead. Amen.